Welcome to Binge Theory, where we discuss all things binge-worthy. Today, we're going to be discussing The Mandalorian. With me today, we have Kyle. Hey, hey. We have Logan. Hello. We have Kristen. Hello. And we have Morgan. Hello. Right off the bat, Kyle, what were your thoughts on The Mandalorian? Um, I absolutely loved it, and I loved every second of it. And I thought it kind of started a little slow, but I understand that there was a purpose to it. Yeah. And it was crazy, because I was actually watching it on the treadmill when I was running. I had it on my phone and had headphones in. And then when it got to, like, the last quarter of the of the the first episode i was like i need to pause this and i need to watch it on the tv <laughs> and so because i knew that it was building up to a climax so after that i watched the whole thing on tv uh, again and I, I just I, I loved how it built up great pilot episode um but out of the entire group here i'm probably the least star wars nerdy nerdgastic kind of like individual here so i really wanted to hear from everyone else what they all got from it as well. And that is true. I put you in the front, and I'm going to go after you only because I'm also not as versed as Morgan, Kristen, and Logan. They know so much, and they're going to put me to shame, so I just want to follow up with that. I thought it was a great space western. I thought you could even hear that in the score, how the, um, the tempo of it was slow, but then it picked up and became basically your typical space western, like Cowboy Bebop or something along those lines. Um, kind of isolated, very small cast, but each cast was very impactful. You got a feeling when you saw somebody, even if it was just for 30 seconds, you really enjoy the character. I thought the practical effects and the special effects merging was done flawlessly. I'm a big fan of John Favreau. I think he did a yeah. great job with this. And of course, um, what's his name, Pedro Pascal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or, so or known as the Viper Phenomenal. from Game of Thrones fans. Yeah. The fact that he had just a helmet on, and you never get a reveal of his face. I think it's going to really drive this. You give a little bit of that mystery to the overall character. And it reminds me also of Judge Dredd. Mm. Not oh. Judge Dredd, just Dredd. Yeah. Not the Sylvester Stallone one, but the more recent one, where you never see his face. It's all behind the helmet. Mm. So you get that sense of mystery. But that's my two cents. I really want to hear your thoughts on the character and the lore <laughs> and the overall um, you know, story building that's being taken place in this. I want to start off also, I really love the tone it's set. It's set in this very, like, you are kind of on edge the entire watching this. And it's good because you remember you're a bounty hunter. It's not like, oh, everything is just black and white. Mm -hmm. Things are going to move out smoothly. It's like you're constantly on edge because you don't know what's going to happen next. And I love that. I love that, too. I love that through, for the whole thing until the very end of it, you mm -hmm. don't know if he has a moral compass, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It's not until that last moment that you realize that he does have Hearts. Well, I would argue He's you don't even know that he does then. You just know he may want at least more money. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. But I think they're sort of implying it when he reaches out the last hand. Because he, like, I love the he, like, wiggles oh his God. finger like, ever so slightly, and then Baby Yoda reaches up. Reaches it's, up. like, one of the most beautiful scenes yeah. in the whole canon. Yeah. Like, it's, it's phenomenal. Now, well, I do need to ask, what species is Yoda because I don't I, think they, they ever really talk it. about it I don't really. think it's been named that's why the best thing to call is yodeling and as far as you know they tell you in the original trilogy he was the last one of his kind hmm. and so you know because when I was watching and I saw the end I was like okay obviously there's probably like a baby in there because it's small mm-hmm. 
And then you see it's a Yoda, and I was just like, oh my god, there's not supposed to be any more. That's And the baby's so been in there for 50 years, so yeah. he's still like a little, ba- little baby. Yeah. But going back to um, the Mandalorian as a character, in the beginning, I, I really like how they... I feel like in the beginning they make you think that he like never talks, he doesn't say anything, mm-hmm. and at first I was worried that I was like, oh, is he gonna be like super stoic, never say anything, and then you kind of gradually he almost like comes out of his Opens shell a little you, right? bit yeah. throughout the episode, and then at the end, you know, he has this like buddy pal charisma with the assess the IG droid, and I loved the droid. That was um, I can never say his name. Yeah. yeah. And I love how just, like, with the characterization, like, the Mandalorian opens up more, and then even the droid just has that, like, humor. And the droids are always supposed to bring that, like, humorous element, so it really kind of continues that sort of theme that Star Wars has. Now, I do need to ask, which character was Nick Nolte? He was the... Um, I have spoken. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the old the yeah. old guy. Yeah. Um, the, um, yeah, I guess the, the poor man's... The I think his name one. is yeah. Quill. Quill. Like yeah. yeah. Interesting. That that was a good. Now was that practical or was that CG? That was practical. That was practical. Really. Oh, that was absolutely. one thing that when I was at Celebration, they were really talking about with this series. They really wanted to go back to practical effects. Like I mean, the old movies. You know, looking at them now, even the original trilogy, when you watch, you know it was practical effects, and that's not really a tauntaun, and that's not really like a do back. But when you watch it, it's like you know, but it still looks real. That, like it's, it and has, it's because of the it has, lighting, I think. Yeah, it has a smidge of campiness when you watch it now, I feel like, but you still feel immersed in the world at the same time. And I think, especially with The Mandalorian, they're really knocking it out with Absolutely. having you know elements of CGI, but they really wanted to do practical effects like the original trilogy and really keep that going. Because if I when I watch the prequel trilogy... Everything okay. is CGI, and it takes mm-hmm. you out of it more yeah. than in the original trilogy when they were practical effects. Lighting is really hard to do, hair is really hard to do, and there's nothing for the actors to look at. There's, yeah. If there's a practical effect, they can feel the. It's just infinitely better. Yeah. I will say though, from the original trilogy, the actors then don't have the what, 10, 15 years experience acting against their That's imagination that they true. do now. Yeah. So even just comparing the actors' abilities from back then, they're going to be less developed against CG than they are today. Yeah. Um, but I think the world building has just been absolute the best part of, of what I've seen so far. Um, everything you've always heard is that Star Wars has this immersive world, this rich world, and all you've ever seen is this one silly family. The yeah. Skywalker. Yeah. Right? yeah. And even you know whether you're counting Skywalker, um, you know solo families like. Even Rogue One, to some extent, it was still all about yeah. that. This is the mm-hmm. first, I think, true breath of fresh air it really that is. separates itself. That and, and it just opens I the door for you know, so much. Growing up, my favorite movie is Empire. I watched that on repeat all the time as a kid. And Boba Fett was always my favorite character. He just, he was super cool. He, he like, barely talked, and he was just badass. Mm-hmm. And I, the fact that now we're getting a movie that expands on... Mandalore and Mandalorians and I loved the scene where he went like underground and you could see and you could see little little kids with helmets on and then they went he went to like the blacksmith and it was a woman which was awesome she was like badass and coming from a costuming background with Star Wars she had the different helmet which you know, like Sabine and each Bo- helmet was and a unique. Mm-hmm. Un- Sabine unique has the different helmet mm-hmm. in Rebels, yeah. and, and then Bo-Katan has the the like more owl-shaped mm-hmm. eyes, which that blacksmith had. 
And then, you know, him giving the steel, and she's like, you know, oh, this will go to help more younglings. And, or, or a found, foundling. Which was an awesome word. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it kind of, I feel like it kind of implies, it makes you wonder, because, you know, he's like, oh, I was a foundling I mean, once. we know that Mandalorians are a multi-species culture. Yeah. And I would love, I think we're going to find out how they come to be, which is really awesome. And so it's, some of his flashbacks. It's, yeah. it's not a race, it's just a, like an organization. Yeah, they were all a, a on Mandalore, almost. and what, like, their planet was basically like war-torn. They were all at civil war. And, and so and this sort of warrior culture emerged Mm -hmm. out of necessity. And I think that's going to be awesome. It's like so many, you know, Mandalorian Mercs is the costuming group of people that basically make their own Mandalorian character. So now there's going to be actual additional lore for people Mm -hmm. to go with and people, you know, people can use that to make their own character. Get ready for Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I do need to... Get ready for the convention scene. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Those people are going to make bank. I'm glad Mm -hmm. I already have my helmet. I don't have to wait. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to post a picture of that. Now, I want to... Internet came up with something a little disturbing, but I need to put it out there. They said that in the shadows of the Mandalorian slum, you can see Boba Fett. Discuss. Really? I mean, I don't think we're going to have that answer Discuss. until later. I don't think there's enough detail in the shadows, and I watched it in the dark on full brightness to see what I could Same. see in the background. Same. There's not <laughs> enough details in there to be able to pick out the details of, of that, and I think, yet. He, how long was Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit? Yeah. Well, because we know that he, well, he is gets it out. legends that he gets out, or is it canon that he gets out? It's legends. Whatever. Yeah, well, now, yeah. what <laughs> I thought I heard, and again, this is just, you know, what I came across on the internet, it said that in the Aftermath um, book series, I guess, yeah. that because Jabba the Hutt's um, pleasure cruiser exploded, that damaged the Sarlacc, and everything mm. came spilling out. I don't know if that's canon, if it's not, if that's just internet rumor. I think we can pretty safely assume that Boba Fett had the capability to get out. I because mean, he yeah. is a Mandalorian. Yeah. He was in armor, he had weapons. I think he, he could... Jet pack. Jet, well, to jet that weapons. point, I loved how oh, they were yeah. kind of building up the myth of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And again, I call this like a space western. Which I love, and I want to get back to that mm-hmm. too. Um, there were some like direct homages I felt. The very first line he says is, I can take you in warm... Or I can take you. That's, yeah. that's the baller line. And that, that is pretty cool. there's a Clint Eastwood movie that I don't remember, but it was, he, Clint Eastwood says the same thing, straight up or draped over the saddle, makes no difference to me. Wow. Which I thought was phenomenal. Mm. So that was the first homage. And then the last thing, which I loved, because Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is one of my favorite movies, the shootout with the IG unit and him at the very end was almost identical to the last shootout where, where Butch and Sundance make their last The hit. Colombian Army? Yeah. Yeah. But this time, they get out, which is awesome. Well, <laughs> and, and I love the, um, I never saw that IG unit in action. I remember seeing it in yes. Empire, the Empire. Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, standing next to Bosk, which again, I'm waiting for that whole series to come yeah. out. <laughs> Bosk, well, they have when he's in the I saw guild, the Bosk, you yes. see mm-hmm. the Bosk, whatever, I, Bosk. I can't remember Same that creature name. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the features but, were a little more humanoid. Um, you yeah. got to see a little more, you know, it wasn't such a, a Star Trek, you know, whatever that yeah. lizard was that um, Kirk spot. You know, they had that horrible lizard mask. This was a lot more um, feature-centric. Um, mm-hmm. And the IG unit was beautifully animated. Because yeah. it was... Yeah. Even, like, his little eyes turned to him yeah. and go down. So somehow like, they yes. made that thing expressive, well which is yeah. incredible. And they also kept this sort of awkward... The awkward Star walking. Star walking. Yeah. But they made him so precise and practical that it was kind of terrifying and goofy at the same mm-hmm. time. And I thought it was beautiful. And it, it had, beautiful. like, the funny bits, but I don't feel like it was, like, overdone. Like, they didn't try to keep, like, ha-ha, destroyed, yeah. fu- destroyed funny, ha-ha. I was actually like, a little worried was a little when bit. I found out that Taika Waititi was going to voice him, because... 
he's the most hey, hilarious me. person. And I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of just figured he was going to be like a vampire or something. Who but. was the one that did the droid and Rogue One? Alan Tudyk. Alan, Alan, yeah, Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. You can, whenever you have a comedic actor that does those voices, mm-hmm. they always kill it. It's yeah. the timing. Yeah, the comedic actors have yeah. the timing when they switch yeah. to drama or when they do uh, a motion capture or something. Especially K two S O had like the timing. Through. Oh yeah, all the time. Uh, they can always drop those sarcastic yep. over the over the top. Yeah. Yep. I do have a little question in regards to because these are are they sentient beings? Are these robots? Do they have feelings? Yes. And why do they need money? You know, why are they doing things for bounties? I know it's it's a little you know deep. I think I think general. that's a Star Trek question. Yeah, and this isn't Star Trek. Yeah, oh. and I don't know that it's a question <laughs> that Star Wars needs to take the time. Enjoy to the answer. enjoy the laser it, yeah, fights. It, it kind of feels yeah. like they might be going in that direction though, because he has an issue with droids. And I think in general, you're kind of supposed to assume that droids are sentient in Star Wars, but not to question it too much, and that they're just a discriminated race. Um, yeah, I'd be well, remember, we don't allow that. their kind in there, which was the yeah, first, exactly. first uh, example of prejudice mm-hmm. in, in episode four. So, And I'm really curious to see why uh, the Mandalorian doesn't like, name, doesn't like droids. Do you think it could have been during those droid armies that um, the Empire had? Yeah, because, uh, you well, know, the flashbacks, obviously he's mm-hmm. torn away from his family, and you have to wonder, is that Empire? Is it, you know... What era? How old is he? Where? Sure. Yeah, yeah. When did that happen? I also, speaking of droids, love that they had the gonk droid in there. Oh, that was great. I was, I was watching yes. it with my roommate, and I saw the gonk droid before like, it made it sound, and I went gonk, and he was like, "How the hell did you know?" That's what Dude, I was how do you say. not know? I was the like, gonk "That's a gonk." Now, for a novice fan, is the gonk the square one with the legs? The little yeah. legs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you saw on the Jawa. Um, yeah, transporter. it's like a trash can, right? Yeah. Gonk. So, yeah, the little yes. trash can droid. I was curious. So um, why wouldn't he just dislike droids because of like the whole automation automation scene? Like, what if they're just taking his job and his money? Yeah, that is another good point. It yeah, because the IG like droid, you know, just comes mm-hmm. in there, just destroys like everything. Yeah, he was no the lack of nuance. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was yeah. a lot of Robocop in him. You know, stop or there will be trouble. Yeah. Where Acceptable. it was, I'm not yeah. sure <laughs> that we can blank, we can do automation with this because droids have been around for centuries in this universe. Right, right. And I, for his whole life, it would have well, been that maybe, way. Maybe not automation, but programming. Yeah. Or the, 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 being able to, you know, the finesse, track of your own I back. At least I can accurate, kill a person yeah. and I know it's done. If a droid tries to kill me because it was programmed to, and I just kill the droid, I've only killed the droid, I haven't solved the problem. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Or, exactly. Or also, I mean, maybe droids have been around for a long time to do other things, but not other people's jobs in that. Yeah. Jobs mm-hmm. that require so much... Because I'm sure IG droids, you know, they don't really have to worry about dying as much as, you know, like the Mandalorian does. You know, like the the IG droid gets, like, blasted with that Gatling gun, mm-hmm. and it's still like, oh, I'm good, yeah. you know. Yeah. And how many times was it fine with, I'm just going to self-destruct yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Was, <laughs> clearly there's no self-preservation. <laughs> like, no, stop. Well, not in that unit particularly, but yeah. in, in a lot yeah. of droids there is self-preservation. Sure. I, mean, I will R2 say, I did love that part of the whole entire scene, just the humor. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, because I know Boba was, he didn't really talk much, he no. didn't really have much humor in him. No. Yeah. But to hear him have kind of like that humorous, like, back and forth with the yeah, droid, with I was the like, droid. I love this. this I, accepting awesome. that he has to work with the droid. True. I did kind of feel that they played that a little too long with the, I'm going to self-destruct. No, I'm going to self-destruct. They did like five times or yeah. four or five times. A beat or two too many. Yeah. Funny. Now, um, that was a callback in my mind to Empire Strikes Back on the planet Hoth, where they had those search droids, and Han and Chewie shot it, and he says, I didn't hit it that hard. It must have had a self-destruct mechanism. Yeah. So I guess that is a thing where they don't want to... They don't want their technology to fall into hands or mm-hmm. find out who programmed it or whatever. Yeah, like so a cyanide that, pill almost. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is sad if we're literally having suicide robots. That's, <laughs> that's 
a little disturbing. <laughs> now, I wanted to also touch um, Logan, I'm sorry, no, Morgan, you mentioned this before regarding the um, the score and how it kind of had this oh, Western so feel. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was done by Ludwig um, Garrison. I think he's the guy who did a lot of the Endgame. Uh, he um, actually did uh, Black yeah. Panther. Oh, Black Panther? Uh, yeah. Really? That's yeah. I love the score in Black Panther to me. I can hear similarities. Yes. Didn't he also do some Captain Marvel? I don't know. Well, so he's, he's basically done a bunch of stuff, he's yeah. he's, yeah. A, he's a Disney show. But that first <laughs> the first little woodwind <laughs> we uh, riff at this point. when he Disney watched. He also did both Creed movies. Oh yeah, wow. that's it. Wow. See, you know what? In the in the hobby, kind of kind of looks like Morgan. Let me see. <laughs> now the only thing I have because <laughs> you <laughs> yeah um, sure, and my eyes are the same shape. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing I have that kind of throws me is because in obviously this it was all score. You don't have contemporary songs playing, yeah. but like in Creed or especially Creed, mm-hmm. you, you mix it in with um, artists like Kendrick Lamar and it kind of takes you in and out. It's definitely an emotion builder because, you know, you get some sort of an upbeat song. But this to me was like straight up Western slash Samurai. And, mm-hmm. and I always yeah. appreciated that aspect of it where it's, you know, pulling strongly from Eastern influences and it's not so much of a... Well, then again, we also have, uh, you know... Han Solo wearing literally a vest and a low-hanging gun strapped to his side. So they've been doing that well, for a I while. Well, I think the quick draw from The Mandalorian is straight That was Western. ridiculously yeah. fast. I love his how... His skills. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the music, I loved how they still had a lot of that, like, really strong brass that mm-hmm. you hear in, like, all of mm-hmm. the Star Wars movies. But I feel like some of it also had, like, an underlying, like, almost technological, like, futuristic yep. sound. So it mixed this, like, old school with kind of, like, a newer sounding a- track. Oh, the score, I thought, was... It didn't take me out of it. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd be like, oh, that sounds like a Star War when I heard some of them, <laughs> you know? But it wasn't, it yep. wasn't like... It's it's a new breath of fresh air into that existing score without saying, let me blast the Star Wars music at you, so you know this is a Star Wars. Yeah. Very good that, point. That's exactly what he wanted to do. He, right. He, apparently, he wrote a lot of it before with you know a bunch of recorders and bass recorders and different kinds of stuff to get some of the more iconic sounds. And I think that Samurai wow. Western with kind of techno influence is captured perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually going to take a counterpoint here and say I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. <laughs> I like the music. I would listen to it on its own completely. But the thing for me, I guess, with kind of score and music is that I tend to appreciate when there are musical calls for individual characters. Um, Bear McCreary on Battlestar Galactica went through and did some amazing breakdown, episode by episode, of all the the scores and the themes and how he was able to work them into the overall composition for each character. This had nothing. There were times where the Mandalorian could walk in and it was ominous and then it was upbeat, and then it was something else, and there was no relation to the character or the- what was necessarily... A theme score. The theme so not score like, that like, there's it a was- theme for Leia, Kylo right. Ren has yes. a theme. John Williams is great with that. Yeah. Right. So is yeah. Barry McCree, and Barry McCree yeah. does it not just for characters, but for story arcs. Yes. The opera house theme yes. comes back every time. The- we-, we should do a Battlestar episode. Uh, that would be <laughs> incredible. Do you think um, maybe that he did that on purpose? Because they don't, he doesn't want you guys to know his like. Because I mean, we haven't really gotten that much that deep into. It's true. Um, you can yet. certainly allude to kind of that character soundscape without giving away good Their guy intention. or bad guy. You don't yeah. have to do a death mm-hmm. march for Darth Vader to know that it's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But in this one in particular, the themes and like the score was for the show, not for the characters, right. not for yeah. what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I love think that shows themes. because he wrote a lot of this. 
couple months before and then kind of pieced it out and tied it all into it. So it was a sound he wanted to develop. How it developed. From the articles that I read anyway. And he had to cut them up and, and put them where they would fit in. And I would say that the music is beautiful. I would listen to it on its own any day. It's gorgeous. And it works for the show, but it distracted me very much where you've just got some of these you know, major and positive sounding music in areas where I just, I wouldn't expect to see it. You know, the Westerns, you have a lot of more ominous stuff Mm -hmm. and you have positive and and ominous and and kind of worrisome and anxiety all in the same character doing the same kinds of things Mm -hmm. that's appropriate for what you're seeing, but not for the character. It just, it, it, it lost me actually in that, a number of places. That's an excellent point. So if there wasn't like a consistency in tone, mm-hmm. it can make you feel a little um, disjointed. I wanted to throw one thing out there. You were speaking about how it has somewhat of a Western sound effect that's a little more technical, technological. Mm-hmm. I did notice when he first walked into the cantina, mm-hmm. I swear it almost sounded like the good, the bad, and the ugly mm-hmm. whistle. Exactly, yeah. but it was like more of a little technical Star mm-hmm. Wars improv of it, just for like one second. And even I think when he walked, it almost sounded like he had on spurs. Oh yeah, it, it, even <laughs> though he does not, mm-hmm. he's probably wearing you know those new Kanye shoes, you know the futuristic <laughs> joints. But either way, they were definitely trying to put you into that Western mindset early on. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things I'm looking through is like filmography, discography, and he's done Black Panther, Fruitvale Station, All the Creeds, Venom. Central Intelligence, were the Millers, um, True Memories of an Assassin, all these. So it just, I'm excited because it says he has a very wide range of yeah. what he can mm-hmm. do. Ludwig's uh, score. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely seems to want to apply it to the shows that he's working on and not just have his own kind of, mm-hmm. oh, that's a John Williams or oh, that's a, that's you know, a Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, exactly. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I, you know I, what? I would say also, though, the same thing probably happened with Joker. Not to go back to Joker oh, again, but they they did the they were pulling from the score. The score was made well in advance of them filming anything, so they had to shoehorn in the score to the scenes. Mm-hmm. If that's what happened here, that might explain why yeah. it didn't fit like a glove because mm-hmm. it was basically all editing choices. It wasn't mm-hmm. yeah. uh, somebody doing a score to what they were seeing. It was just you know in their mind's eye what they were um, you know writing to. Yeah. And there were times where I know for a fact that Bear McCreary was on set watching as they were filming so he could get a head start on some of the themes and music mm-hmm. that he needed to write. Mm. So a lot of what he did in particular, yeah. um, and I could go on Battlestar forever. It's one of the most perfectly <laughs> crafted shows. Yeah, ever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this, this was very different than that, and I, I look forward to seeing where it goes, and I'm sure I would actually buy the album of the score when it's done. Um, but yeah, it was a little, it was hard to watch for me because because of that. So now are you saying that you did not like the score or the film because of the score? I did not like the two of them together. Gotcha. I don't feel that the they music... They didn't really compliment No, but you like the show. You like the show. I love the, the show itself yeah. okay. and I love the score by itself. Yeah. But In fact, I actually watched it again not watching it, just listening. Hmm. And that was a lot... Logan and I did the exact same thing. We yep. went home, we turned off all the lights, <laughs> yep. watched yep. it on our biggest screen, yep. sitting probably pretty close to it. To catch every detail. And then listen, watched it again for the score. Yep. Ah, now, love, um, love yeah. this guy. Because, <laughs> because they were pulling a lot off of um, Western uh, cinematography and style, I did have to say, and I think I mentioned this to you, Morgan, that I wasn't a big fan of the whole learning how to ride. Yeah, it felt kind of like... Forced... 
uh, forced inspirational scene, yeah. and it didn't inspire me. Well, that when we were much. watching, we were in like montage, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was no, like a rocky training montage when yeah. they're riding across the the you can do desert it. land. And, 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 you and can that do was it. just not necessary. Yeah, it took like twenty minutes to. I mean, not. It took it like, felt like half minutes. the episode to learn how to ride the Blurg and then five seconds to ride to where they were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and I mean, I guess it was kind of like a nice way of being like, you're a Mandalorian and you should be able to do this. A little because you too rode the on the nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I mean, and, and I yeah. was talking to yeah. you know Morgan about this, about I didn't like how they kind of shoved in a little exposition, like, you know, it you know you're a Mandalorian, a this is your, you know, your heritage, this is what you're famous for. Right. And is it true that Mandalorians never take off their helmet? I was like, okay, I get it. That guy was a bit of an issue, the whole guy. He also yeah. made a holiday special reference. So. Yeah. Really? I missed yeah. that. What was that? He said, I'm hoping to make it back in time. For a life day. Life day. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Uh, all I can see is the little baby. That was rough. Wookiee. Like Ewok. The, oh, no, no, it is Wookiees. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that yeah. special is, it's something. Yeah. No, no, trust me. <laughs> when it came out, and when it came out, it was something also. Mm. <laughs> But uh, now, now to that point, I remember that um, Logan, you said something was spoiled to you. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. It, tell me, it, tell me about that. It it really sucked, and I think it's why I need to watch more to really get the feeling of it. I don't remember what it was, but I came across a picture that I didn't know what it was at the time, and it was the the baby Yoda. Uh. And I when I watched it again last night. I was looking in the second when he starts when the dialogue with Werner Herzog's character and he's just like it's 50 but there's no like anything else you know 50 years old and yeah. nothing else I looked at it like 16 minutes and it was like I know how this is going to end damn oh. yeah, I knew sucks. right there spoiled me for the whole thing I didn't go it, on social media at all on Tuesday I didn't, after I watched yeah, it I tried same. to avoid it I just I don't even know where that picture came from but like I put them together in my head, and it was just it ruined the whole thing yeah. for me. So uh, not getting spoiled I, is a complicated profession. You got that right, man. We should do a whole episode in Herzog oh. voice. Yes, that was a, that was a terrible yeah. voice. I'm sorry. But uh, speaking but, of which, yeah. how did you like um, the portrayal of um, the client by Her- Werner Herzog? Say the name for Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Yeah. Oh, I love it. He's great. He's great. Just like he's always great. This weird air about mm-hmm. him, and he—it's almost like. Kind of creepy. Oh, it's creepy. Yeah. Not it's kind of. Perfect yeah. for it's a long creepy. Creepy. <laughs> officer. Like, I, yep. And yeah. I love the rusty stormtroopers. So yeah, great. you know because that was yeah. good. Yeah. I, and it's funny because you know being in the five hundred first, I was watching and I was like, now I wonder, did the, you know five hundred first because they brought in people from the Carolina or the California garrison to be in the Mandalorian. So mm. those are actual people like me that dress up as Star Wars costumes and do charity stuff. Really? Those guys are actually in Mandalorian. Yes. They said, we need authentic uh, stormtroopers. Uh, do you guys want to come hang out? <laughs> and so, But the whole time I was watching, I was kind of taken out like, oh my God, did they put all that all over their armor and now they have to take it off? Like, Because you, the only stormtrooper that can have all of that dirt on them is the sand trooper. Or not the sand, the, you know, the one that has the pauldron, like right. from the first movie. That's the right. only stormtrooper that can have all of that dirt on them. So, and they I was, are called sand troopers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's like, I was watching that, but, mm-hmm. you know, the, I mean, that's authentic armor from that third movie because each movie, the armor is different, and they wear the holster on the different side in mm-hmm. each movie. It's like a oh. whole thing. You, you really think the they messed up their armor that way, or did they, they really not make new armor for that? No, they. I mean, maybe those stormtroopers could have yeah. been, they had those, but I... They, uh, they had some sort of scene, at least at some point in the series, okay. where there's going to be more stormtroopers. I mean, there were at least, like, 15 501st members that yeah. were in, like, a... Because at Celebration, they showed a big photo with 
Filoni and Favreau in front with oh, all of those um, members mm-hmm. of the of the organization. Now, let me ask you this: in regards to uh, the stormtroopers, um, w- what was their role with the um, the client? I mean, were they working for the client? That's or? what I'm curious because yeah. in this post Empire world, I mean, are they mercenaries now? Yeah, Just I mean, he, what are the stormtroopers doing? There's, there's some no loyalty there because yeah. he was an Imperial officer in the past. Yeah, and ah, he, had, he had okay. He had the outfit. He had a, a, a pendant with the Imperial insignia mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Good eye. And he was, you know, creepy and evil, like an imperial officer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, had access to stolen imperial the, treasure. The, the scientist that came in also had imperial science uniform. It, mm-hmm. it was very close. Yeah, it was similar in in design, but the imperial science officer uniform is the olive drab mm-hmm. with no tall jack riding boots. It's like a. Okay. A short it was boot. a little rougher, but it would make sense for how far it, after it looked, the fall it, looked it was. In the universe, and yeah. it, it reminded me of like those white uniforms that the. Scientists were wearing in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what were your thoughts on Carl Weathers being, I guess, his um, intermer- his go-between for the uh, yeah for oh, the commissions? I, I really liked their Solid. interaction. No, and yeah. because it, it gave some uh, explanation in a non-weird way to, for the bounty uh, league. That is true, uh, and, and, and you needed that. How, you needed yeah, that in order sorry. to show that kind of middle management. You know how you're struggling the middle people in between you know, fallen imperial and trying to just make your everyday living, you needed that kind of middle ground businessman mm-hmm. that you really had in there. Because the bartender didn't quite do it. No. But exactly. he really showed that, essentially, that small business kind of independent yeah. business type story. Well, and I liked how it's like he he has all those pups and Mandalorian wants to take all of them. He's like, well, I'm not giving you all of them. Like, he wants to get other bounty hunters to work with yeah. him, and if he gives all of them to the Mandalorian, well, what happens if the Mandalorian dies? Well, also, you know? it would probably take longer for one person to accumulate to all, all those. those. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all those dudes in the I did, I did like that the commerce did show <laughs> the desperation of the times. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, is that because the Empire was responsible for a lot of the bounties out on people? Mm. And then when the Empire fell, they stopped putting And I like how now people. he's like, you know, I can't, those are Imperial credits, I can't use those. And he's like, well, yes, yeah. you know, you can still use them, but then he had to get the Calamari credits. Mm-hmm. For half, Instead, and they were worth more. Yeah, and yeah. they were worth more. Yeah. I have a question about the bounty. So the 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 scene where he gets that it's like a metal card. Yeah, the block. Mm-hmm. The block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is that? It's a steel. Beskar. It's a Beskar. So it's a special metal that was only on Mandalore, and it's moon. Okay. And it's moon. Okay. That was, I guess, used for all of their armor. armor. Um, it has the ability to reflect a lot of the laser blasts, and I think even potentially it's, glancing lightsaber blows. It's basically Star blows. Wars vibranium or yeah, it's Star Wars vibranium. And in the very yeah. beginning, when he's at the cantina, that guy goes up and he's like, "Is that this really Beskar steel?" And then he, you know, chips mm-hmm. at it with his, and you know, going to his armor again from a costuming standpoint. When I when you first see the Mandalorian, I was like. That shoulder bell, that one that he replaces, right. it's a shore trooper armor piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their I shoulder, because yeah. it's the tan with the blue on it. Yeah. It's a shore trooper armor piece. So like from Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So it's it like really you know cool he, he probably yeah. you know just yeah. piecemealed some of Piece his armor together. together. Yeah. It's definitely kind of like slowly building yeah. out of Beskar. Mm-hmm. And that, so that he's probably gonna like super cool by the end of oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. almost like um how you'd see Mad Max how his his outfit yeah. was always a hot. Yeah, it's like a mishmash. What you what you would find along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I guess and then to explain why Beskar is so rare now is because Mandalorians were kicked off their planet and their planet came under Empire rule when yeah. the Empire rose mm-hmm. and there was a great purge and all the Beskar was taken from them. Okay. And so now, slowly, I think, after the Empire's fallen, the Mandalorians have 
been regaining this, which is right. why that can be yeah. a payment for the Mandalorian, even mm-hmm. though it's it because it, it's so valuable, especially to to him and his culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like so. What are the pucks like the pucks? What do those do? That's like the bounty. That's oh, sorry, not the pucks. Um, the payment he gave him the other thing. One oh, was currency. One yeah. was okay, currency, so, but oh, okay. he but it's almost, I don't want to say sentimental value, but it had a personal value. The metal, right? For the mm-hmm. tribe, yeah. Right. Okay. So and it was know, only something he would appreciate. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't currency. It's good that it is back in the tribe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she she's makes like, it's good that it's back in the tribe, yep. and then yeah. she's like, there's so much left over, this will go to many foundlings. Now, Morgan did mention um, she made reference to a signet. Has mm-hmm. he gotten a signet yes, yet? which is so cool. Tell, right. me about, tell me about that. What's that going to be? I just... First of all, what is a signet? Okay, she says, has your signet been revealed? And he says, not yet. And she's like, it will be. And what's interesting is that signets are typically affiliation, mm-hmm. whereas the way she phrased it seemed to almost be individual identification. Exactly, as if as if finding your signet is a rite of passage mm-hmm. for a Mandalorian. And I don't think this is lore, correct me if I'm wrong, that we've experienced before. Yeah, no, and now I'm curious no. if the that almost like feather-like design that Boba, Boba Fett, Fett I think, if that's his signet. I mean, retcon, but sh- sure. Yeah, that, so. right. Yeah. Could be a, a you know, conspiracy theory at the end is if Boba Fett escaped, is this him? Oh, you're saying oh, that this Mandalorian yeah. could this be Boba Mandalorian Fett? actually Boba Fett? You heard it here what? first. The Mandalorian <laughs> is, is Boba Fett. It's been established. Now that's fast. There you go. It's been established. His armor is damaged in the Sarlacc. Yep. Which, yep. Yeah. They said they found the armor, but not Boba Fett, by the Sarlacc mm. pit. So if he's without armor, and he's there we go. putting together whatever he can get. Yeah. We've just taking bounties, thing. going, falling back on what he knows. That's fascinating. That's a very cool theory. If that's the reveal at the end of this uh, season, <laughs> where he says, "You yeah. got it here first. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. The reveal you know. is he goes to the store and buys some green paint, yeah. and then this show ends. Yeah, he says, "Oh, good, my outfit, like mm-hmm. it used to be." <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that that's that's excellent stuff. Anything mm-hmm. else that we really liked about this? Besides, I mean, obviously. Okay, no, but he was no. I mean, if you're gonna no, because. Uh oh. We're debunking ourselves. Yeah, he was cloned from Jango Fett. He's not, he wasn't a foundling. That, uh, yeah, you know, good point. That uh, flashback mm-hmm. to his. Yeah. And that's an excellent point. The original uh, Stormtroopers, well, Jango Fett was cloned and he had his one clone without mood um, stabilizers, right? So they, he was being yeah. cloned to make all of the. There's uh, really mm, no this. way to retcon that. Because yeah. we have to take the prequels as canon because Disney did. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, Boba Fett, you know, mm-hmm. hops around the galaxy with Aura Singh and. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, yeah. so what you were saying no. earlier, one of the things, the, the one of the main themes that I loved about this entire episode was um, the blacksmith and their armor. It reminded me of Spartan armor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, it, it very much so. That, was, was that is a Spartan so helmet. Cool. Yeah. So, and, and it, it actually like, had uh, horns on it. That's what I was going to say. Like Darth Maul. Like Darth Maul. And if they're taking Clone Wars as canon, when Darth Maul was o- ruling over Mandalore. Yeah. More of his people. Is she from that time? From that era. In that case. I think she's the same. And, and that's the thing that excites me about all of this is with Dave Filoni's influence and the fact oh, that Clone Wars is be canon. Tied in. There could be so, oh, so many different tie-ins and aspects of this that could just blow the doors off what anybody is used to because unless you're more of a hardcore fan, how many people sat through all six and a half seasons of Clone Wars? Even I didn't. I skipped a lot. <laughs> well, I am curious, though, like, what everyone thinks. I follow, like, a lot of different, you know, Star Wars news, like, YouTube channels, and I was just scrolling through my feed the other day after The Mandalorian came out, and one of them was just titled, Mandalorian Will Save Star Wars. 
they're not wrong. That's a it's no. a bold claim, but I think this I think episodic series is what we need for Star Wars. That's the production quality of because I'll, I'll go out yeah, there. Sure. I don't like the new trilogy. It hasn't done anything to make me care like that much about. Like I like it because it's a Star Wars, but mm-hmm. this has already gotten me so much more invested. But I'm yeah. also biased because I love. Fed, I, so yeah. I think you're, that, you're spot on because I mean let's let's be frank the first episode four five and six were all based on old timey serials where you would have a continuation mm-hmm. but because they're so epic in scale it seems bloated and in these latest trilogy it seems like they're trying so hard to meet certain expectations yeah. this is smaller scale it's based on what it knows practical yeah. effects mm-hmm. small storylines a journey you're yeah, giving us more detail on this big yes. world like you said yes. like a small snapshot into this world that's so huge but we know barely anything about uh-huh. it other than the books which aren't canon anymore and mm-hmm. then you know clone wars i think it, the people who made the new trilogy are in a tough spot i mean it's, you, it was a really and i think they did a really good job with pleasing fans of all types. Right. And now that they're finished with that, almost, they can go into all of these new directions. Yeah, because it's like, mm-hmm. Skywalker, that needs to end, and we need to yeah. go into all this other yeah. cool stuff that has been, like, shown, but not remotely, like, talked yeah. about or delved into. Yeah, I mean, basically all episode nine has to do is not faceplant. Yes. Just the completionary aspect of being able to just say, we've told the story, the story's done. Yeah. Ending with the characters, ending it with, with everything that you're used to, and having the success of this, being able to show that there is nothing that you recognize except, you know, a few images, you're in the same world, but right. none of the same people, yeah. and you can have successful stories about it, yeah, should blow the doors off of yeah. Star and that should And that should be the focus. And again, I'm going to do a uh, Marvel versus DC um, comparison Instead of trying to do this one story again and again and again, simply do these small stories that people are interested in, have emotional attachment to, let them run their course, and do a completely separate one. You mm-hmm. can extend that so much further than having the Skywalker storyline, you know, stapled to everything. I think, yeah. this, I think this being successful will really open their eyes like, oh, maybe we should do more of this, because we've got this in Obi-Wan. And I, like, hope, so I yeah. hope we don't speak too soon. I hope this doesn't go into the Skywalker storyline. Yeah, it needs to stay stay separate, Mm -hmm. in my Absolutely. And again, that's what I'm saying is DC finally learned their lesson by doing small, personal films instead of big CG monstrosities. And even just like the the TV shows for DC, those are successful. And my friend, like, you know, my friends that are DC fans love them. We're going to have to talk about Crisis on Infinity Earths. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. Logan's (laughs) a big fan of that. We we got to definitely, you know, bring, bring that to the table. But um, everybody, final thoughts. Is there anything that you're expecting with this series as we go forward? Anything you want to see? Anything that, you know, you have to see? So I, I really love, again, like, I come back to the whole, like, Spartan race kind of warrior race thing. Um, I don't think we have many movies like that in this kind of, kind of time, like, space kind of odyssey sort of sort of thing, which I love because I love Greek mythology, Roman myths, all that stuff, you know, Homer, Odyssey, all that. And so I'm excited to see how they'll take that and run with it, um, because I think it says a lot about maybe there's traditions that they have that we don't know about, or or some some sort of nods to other things in other movies. So I'm excited about that. Um, just seeing a warrior race that's developed and also very intelligent and kind of pursuing something, mm-hmm. um, bringing back kind of what what's important to them. So I'm excited about that. Good point, Logan. Um, really, just excited about what 
I hope Dave Filoni will bring to everything and the expanded universe and the stories that he can tell and the mythology that can be created. Mm -hmm. If there's even a handful of threads that were in Clone Wars that are now brought to the live screen like this with this kind of production quality, it's going to be exceptional. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to see more information about Mandalorians and more of their lore being brought into live action. You know, anything that they can bring over from the Clone Wars. Because I've always loved Mandalorians. I just think they're so cool and like their history and like how they're like a tribe and they all work together. And I'm really excited to see a lot more of that and more Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 50 year old Baby Yoda. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I, I'm also really excited for the lore and the mythos to be expanded upon in such a perfect and Star Wars-y feel way. Um, any, any more of the universe I'm happy to consume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. I definitely like the, the feel of the original down and dirty, ground level Star Wars. And I would also say, as a kind of a novice to the whole Mandalorian culture, I want a slow reveal. I don't want to hear any more exposition where you're telling me about things. Show, don't tell. And I'm really looking forward to this whole Clint Eastwood-esque, high planes drifter, just walking through life, you know, dealing with things as they occur, or almost like Kung Fu. And, and just, you know, the journey of him, the Mandalorian. I don't want to know everything right off the bat, so quit trying to tell me stuff mm -hmm. through bartenders or wise you know, automatically friendly, you know, strangers you come across in the desert who who are basically just telling you about your whole... Your own heritage. Yeah, your own heritage. <laughs> For our sake, but it's like, it's too, too shoehorned. Exactly. I mean, if you want this to last, you need to slow down your reveal because if I know everything about Mandalorian culture, I'm going to lose interest down the line. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And again, the score is fantastic. The way it's shot is fantastic. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this. we got to do an episode two reveal... And um, we will bring that back to you. But anyway, everybody, thanks so much for joining this um, episode. And don't forget, if it's worthwhile, it's worth binging. <laughs> <laughs>